pigeonholed myself into doing things that um, sometimes aren't that fun. And, um, and expression is not, artistic expression is not really there, it's lost. And with Burning Man, uh, it's kind of reignited that uh, unreasonable artistic expression. Um, so that's how it, it's made me a better architect because it's made me um, think completely outside the box. Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I'm your host, Todd Wyant. You're invited to join my mission to embrace and share the innovations transforming the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing industries. Now picture this, you're an architect and are designing an important concept that will be viewed and admired by thousands. Only catch is you are building it with rookies who don't know what they're doing. It sounds like a nightmare to most, but that is exactly what my guests today are preparing to do. Renzo Verbank, architect based in Boulder, Colorado, and Sylvia Lease, artist based in Jackson, Wyoming, join me today to unpack their architecture temple design at this year's Burning Man Festival. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Good to see you, Todd. Yeah, you as well. Excited to have you guys on today. Uh, so it, we can start by just kind of unpacking the steps that, that got you here to designing I'm uh, correct, the 21st Burning Man Temple. It started uh, building a temple last year, 2019. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, we were both leads on that project. It brought pretty amazing energy to both of our lives, and we thought, let's just keep going. So Renzo had an idea. He was inspired to submit his own design for 2020. Um. And and well, and so you know, we came about it slightly different ways. Um, we didn't. We had last year. I came on to uh, to building to Burning Man for the first time in twenty years, and I didn't know a soul out there. Um, and Sylvia and I had never met, and I didn't know anybody else on the construction site. And uh, I was invited to uh, participate in the build of last year's temple, the the twentieth temple, um, and went on site um i was inspired to try and build the next one so here we are that's awesome so can you guys talk to me about the kind of the partnership of how you guys are working together to design and conceptualize this project this year well so last year when i when I, we started building um the temple started building on out in the desert around the 10th of august and um I wasn't very inspired by um, the people out there. They were, they were so into what they were doing. They're all volunteers. Uh, they were so excited. And uh, the construction was going on at a virtual run pace from dawn to dusk. And, um, and they were a bunch of artists that were just out building as fast as they could. And I thought, I want to be part of this. And um, I've been an architect, uh, and that's all I've ever wanted to do for my whole life. And, and I, was, I thought to myself, um, perhaps audaciously, um, I, yeah, I want to submit a proposal uh, for the following year um, to build a temple. And um, so all during the build last year, I was working in my mind on, a, on the design and and then worked on it all through uh, September 
and a good part of uh, October of 2019. And because um, I got to know Sylvia more on the build and then afterwards, um, she really wanted to participate and I really wanted the involvement of other people. And um, so that's how we developed our relationship. And she brought a lot to the table about um, with her experience as an artist and her experience at Burning Man and um, the people she knew and that kind of thing. Um, so the, the, the development of the architecture um, really was inspired by, by Sylvia's involvement. I, I started with the Temple Direction Build in April of last year, okay. and I had very little build experience on when I started that project, but as I kept showing up, I kept building my skill set. I was invited to be on the On Playa crew, and when I got out there, I saw an opportunity to be a lead for the cladding, which is the decorative um, wood that went on the outside of that temple. And I led a team on a night crew, and um, I was drawn to build a temple because of the, the magnitude of healing it can offer thousands of people. And as an artist, I asked myself a couple of years ago, how can I make a contribution through creativity? And when I saw the temple last year, I thought, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to put my energy and my creativity. So then when we finished that project, I, I got home and I rested, of course, but I just still felt this drive to build another one and to build one that's inspired by a design that we worked on together. So that's how I got here. Awesome. So you mentioned the proposal process. What was that like? And uh, how did you have to submit the plan and, and get approved? It's a, a big application. You talk about what your inspiration is to build a temple. You, there are requirements that you have to have led a project on Playa before, which I think is a very smart addition from Burning Man into that application. Because if you haven't built a large scale piece of art at Burning Man before, you really have no clue what's ahead of you. And it, it's such an integral part of planning for the project to have it to be a success. So you talk about your leave no trace plan, your fire plan, your lighting plan, who your crew is. Um, well, so interestingly, uh, Todd, there's, you know, what is it like, what is the proposal like? It's a lot of it is about who you can bring, who you can include in the process. So we have to identify, um, people that were going to help us build uh, and a, a crew of 30 or 40 we identified to do that. And the, the huge part of uh, essentially the essence of Burning Man is the inclusion of the community to do everything. So this was not a um, art project where we could just say, oh, we're going to build it and here are the plans, give us some money. Uh, it was not an architecture project typically where you'd um, a client or a government might say, build this, uh, give us a proposal for this civic building, or a, a client might say, um, uh, give us a proposal for this residence or this condominium complex. Uh, and then the architect does that and produces a bunch of 
drawings and then the drawings go to the contractor and the contractor builds it. It, it just doesn't work like that. It's completely different. Um, the idea that you, the, the, we had to propose something that is buildable um, physically by uh, people who have modest skills with fantastic enthusiasm, modest construction skills with fantastic enthusiasm. And we had to um, be sure that it could be built uh, in a very short period. Um, and, and this is always an interesting part of the proposal and burned to the ground uh, after a week <laughs> of um, people participating and visiting the structure. Uh, it's an unusual um, application process from start to finish. I can only imagine. Yeah, it sounds like it. So what was the feeling like when you found out that your design had been chosen? A little bit like the dog that caught the car. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. And as I mentioned a moment ago, um, <clears throat> and I've, I've done a number of buildings uh, this size and larger with budgets this size and much larger. <clears throat> and there's, um, there's a huge team typically of, well, as an architect, by and large, you design the project and you hand it off with respect to the construction team. And um, there's a whole professional team that, that builds the, the structure and so forth. And um, it was a little intimidating, really, um, even given my experience, the idea that we are going to be responsible to fundraise, to get the money, to do the plans, to build the entire team, to uh, pre-build the structure in a kit of parts, put it on a bunch of trucks and put it out in the desert and build it. Um, and with an absolute deadline because the event only happens for a week. So you can't be late. Um, so it was very exciting and continues to be a bit intimidating. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Uh, what's the, the inspiration behind the design? I think you were hinting at it there a little bit, Sylvia, but I wonder if you could unpack that a bit more. I, I think it's a, an important thing for what's happening right now with everyone worldwide is to be able to create a center within yourself where you feel at home, you feel at peace, you feel like you've been healed. And so I thought, let's let's bring this to the city, this energy, this this empowerment, this healing. Um, for me, it was um, really the inspiration for the design was the people and the, and the build community, in addition to lots of other things. Um, but it was the, the, the people that go to Burning Man are, um, it, it's just like any other community. It's a, it's a community-based operation and they, they just want to, they're inspired and they just want to participate and I just wanted to participate with them. And they're, they're such a fun um, dynamic group of people that that was a, the, probably the biggest reason to, uh, that I wanted to get involved. And so that drove the inspiration for the art. So the, the art and the, the building itself, uh, the inspiration is uh, focused around inclusion and um, path and inspiration. And the inclusion is, um, well, I'll go to the path for a moment. So the architecture has a lot of narratives within it that speak to um, the path of 
getting someplace and the path of journey, there will be um, uh, the, the San Francisco Philharmonic sometimes comes in and plays right in the middle of the temple. Um, oh. The impromptu um, dances uh, for anybody that wants to participate. There will be 50 people that show up and do yoga in the middle of the space. Um, none of it's regulated. There's no schedule. Um, you just do what you want. So the architecture is inspired um, to allow the community to inspire themselves. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit ASTI.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like that you're taking inspiration from the community and then the community is getting inspired back to the temple. It's this cool cycle that's happening there. Uh, what have been some of the, the challenges in the design or challenges in this kind of design? You know, there's different uh, constraints that you're, you're trying to operate here at trying to do the temple at Burning Man? There's no foundation in the building. Um, so uh, we're gonna build a uh, seven story tall building and we have to anchor the, the structure in dirt. Um, that is, so the engineering challenges are uh, quite amazing. Yeah. Um, the other challenges are, um, you know, making the piece artistic and inspired, but uh, still having it um, buildable by um, probably a crew of 100 people out in the desert. Um, what other challenges are there that we could, could discuss? Well, it's um, it's volunteer based, so people show up when they when they're available, and this project does need professional profession professional people to to come and share their skills and. It's unique in that everyone is working on this project for free. So um, most people are, are showing up because of their passion and they understand what the temple represents to the community. And they themselves have received, have experienced what the building means. So it can be challenging at the beginning when so many people show up, oh, we're so excited. And then it comes to the time where we need to get this professional thing done. And who's that person? Where are they at? How do we have <laughs> but yeah i can imagine that's a that's an extra layer of stress there too as you are seeking to build this what's interesting about this process is that when we get to that point and we start thinking about it that literally the next day we will get a phone call hey this person wants to be involved this is their specialty and it happens to be the one we need right now oh wow that's cool and three times now where we're like eh, who's our person and they just show up so there is a little bit of magic that comes along with the temple. It does build itself in a way, but we as facilitators just have to keep things connected and organized. And if we see something that we need, just say so, it, it does show up. But just, we have to trust in that process that people are passionate, they wanna show up, they have the skills that we need. 
and everything's going to work out as, as it should. Sure. Yeah. So, Renzo, you were talking about the uh, struggles of the environment, building it in dirt with no foundation. How does that have to impact how architecturally you're designing the building? So it has it has it is designed. Um, so it's it's designed as a kit of parts, and there are this is it's a star-like arrangement in plan with eight blades of a star, which we call canopies. And within the canopy is a center compression ring that's about 30 feet off the, um, the floor, and um, which is what the uh, canopies rest against. And within that compression ring, um, which is 30 feet, about 30 feet across, is um, a 55-foot tall sculpture of a flame, which is suspended by cables uh, and the cables are um, attached to the compression ring. And so that is um, that is an engineering challenge. That would be an engineering challenge in any environment, mm -hmm. um, let alone some place where you build a building that doesn't have a foundation. <laughs> and um, so the challenges are, um, it, what's very unique about Burning Man is that we only have 21 days to build and on site or thereabouts. And so the building has to be basically prefabricated. Uh, almost every part of it is cut. A lot of the parts are pre-assembled and that whole, uh, as those assembly parts are put onto uh, trucks in uh, early August and trucked out to the, the desert um, for assembly. So um, the challenges are how to build a large building um, and cut it all first uh, and keep all those pieces organized, truck them all out to the desert, reorganize them and then assemble them in such a short period of time. Uh, that adds a lot of complexity. If we could just build it in one place um, over the period of a month or two, it would be a lot easier than trucking it from California to Nevada. But where would the fun in that be if it was too simple? Well, it, I, the, the challenge is, that's a big, let's go back to our moment to what inspires uh, me anyway. This is an enormous challenge and the challenge is, it's wonderful. I mean, it gets me out of bed in the morning. It's the challenge itself is inspiring and it's not easy and it's very unique. And that's a big part of the draw. It's, uh, yeah, how do we, how do we figure out how to put a building together once, take it apart, put it on trucks, and we'll go put it together again um, with a bunch of volunteers. And I'm volunteering also. Yeah, in a dust storm, in a dust 90 storm. degree weather, with, right. with zero Home Depots nearby. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the, the prefabricating part. What are you guys prefabricating? Uh, obviously, the, the the reason I assume is for the sake of time and to assemble it quickly together. You got those twenty one days in there, but what are you prefabricating as, for the building? There's a lot of things we're prefabricating. Um, so I mentioned that uh, we have uh, basically the the structure is um, it's two hundred feet across and it's comprised of essentially eight star blades, which are a hundred feet long and 40 feet tall. And, um, we will be, um, that is, we will be pre-cutting and it will at least assembling one of those to test it and pre-cutting all the 
uh, lumber, the rafters and the and so forth, um, in Oakland, in, Cal in California at our pre-build site, and then putting all the, that material on a truck um, to take it out to Burning Man. Additionally, there are lots of um, smaller pieces. There are um, a bunch of, there's several gates around the perimeter of the um, temple grounds, which will be pre-assembled and basically flat, flat, flat packed and put on trucks. The, um, the flame, the flame sculpture that I mentioned earlier, which is in the center of the structure, um, which is very visible in, in pretty much all of our um, architectural imagery, uh, which is 55 feet tall, we will be uh, building those, that piece, kind of like the walls of a house where there's two by fours laid up um, and we'll be assembling that, um, probably sheeting it in plywood. And then um, those are called uh, truss assemblies. And we'll take those truss assemblies and um, forklift them right onto some flatbed trucks and take those out uh, for assembly out into the desert. Um, in addition to that, there's um, a bunch of, uh, quite a number of uh, light fixtures and um, perimeter fencing that Sylvia could probably tell you a little bit more about. I'm pulling together a, a team of women leads, designers, builders, and we're coming together to create the internal lanterns that will light the inside of the temple. And as he was saying, the perimeter also has light lanterns that you know, to delineate our perimeter to keep bikes and art cars at a distance to keep the space sacred. And, um, we're excited to get started on that process. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software's Live Lab Learning, a virtual classroom experience where students can listen, interact, and learn from veteran real-world application specialists in real time from anywhere in the world. Live Lab is the affordable, convenient way for your staff to take Autodesk certified training courses and even earn some AIA continuing education credits, all from the comfort of your own office. Visit ASTI.com for more information and let them know we sent you. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so there's, there's so much going on. There's so many different pieces of it. I'm sure you guys get the, the feeling of being overwhelmed at points in this process. How do you overcome that feeling of, of being overwhelmed? One thing at a time. Yeah, and keep lists and delegate. <laughs> it's pretty much been um, since uh, the, the, the development of the application was a full-time process through September, October, November, and it was submitted November 23rd. And it was, um, was full-time. It was 40 or 50 hours a week throughout that entire time. And um, there was a little bit of a break from uh, late November through um, basically a few days after Christmas where the uh, selection committee um, deliberated. And so we had some downtime, but since that time around the first of the year, it's again been pretty much a 60 hour a week job. I have uh, sidelined all my other work to do this. Yeah. That's great. Renzo, I'm curious, how has Burning Man in this whole process made you a better architect? It's made me think about, um, it's made me think unreasonably again. Um, you can, there, there's nothing reasonable about Burning Man. There's nothing reasonable about building a giant sculpture 
you could say it's a building, you can call it a temple, um, a sculpture, whatever it is. It's a, uh, I'm an artist and an architect and I, I really like doing sculpting and it, it is a sculpture and it's, and it's, um, I create sculpture um, with no intention really to sell them, just to create. Um, but sometimes, oftentimes I have to take, I take projects, architecture projects. Um, most of them are wonderful, but you know, you have to do them. You have to, it's a profession. You have to pay the bills. And it's, um, I have occasionally gotten into a um, pigeonhole myself into doing things that, um, sometimes aren't that fun and um, you, and expression is not artistic expression is not really there. It's lost. And with Burning Man, uh, it's kind of reignited that uh, unreasonable artistic expression. Um, so that's how it, it's made me a better architect because it's made me um, think completely outside the box. I think that's awesome. I love the, that it's kind of dared you to, to be bold again and to unleash that creativity. I think that's great. Yeah, we both thrive on challenges. Just trying to trust that the solutions are there. And well, you know what? We don't know how to do this, but we're going to say that, yes, we'll do it. Yeah, that's part of the fun, right? It is. Figuring it out as you go along. It's, it makes you feel like you want to be involved, it gives you a spice for life, and then you meet these incredible people that you wouldn't have come in contact with if you had just stayed the line, and um, it makes life incredible. So, last question: um, Over the last couple of years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um, I think that going to some place like Burning Man or any place like that, and you know, I basically traveled for a month and went and helped a community build a structure. I don't think that's reasonable. And I think that most people don't see that as reasonable, which is exactly why it's a great experience. Um, and it's liberating and, and freeing. And so that mindset, I hope to try and nourish and, and that will keep, keep me going for a while. Yeah. Well, that's great. I, I think that's a, it's a good way to, to end the episode right there. Thank you to those listening. If you are interested in learning any more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can also listen to this podcast anywhere by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Please spread the word by giving us a five-star review and sharing with your friends and coworkers. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our other applied software podcast, the AEC Disruptors. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is produced by Alyssa Chartier and edited by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.